Climbed up to the highest mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody Went down into the deepest valley Looked around down there, couldn't find nobody Went across the deep blue sea couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you Searched all over, couldn't find nobody I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater, nobody greater, no, nobody greater than you. want to welcome you on this Tuesday evening to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with me, Pastor Carl Henderson, and all of you that are listening, you're present too. This is presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Today is August 10th, 2021. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. and Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Let me say that again. And if you're wondering, I don't want to make no mistake. I don't want you to make any mistake about it. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. If you didn't know, I want to make you aware that on Sundays we're inside the pages, the book of Revelation, learning, experiencing, repenting, and finding grace from God. It's a blessing to those that read it, those that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. Certainly, there's nobody greater than our Lord and Savior. There's nobody greater. No one greater. We're going into the book of Ezekiel, the 45th chapter. We're coming very close to the ending of his, this particular gospel. But we're not there yet. There's so much more that has been learned. And there's so much more to learn. And so we're going to go right and get right into it, right after prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and ask, Lord God, that you would keep our minds stayed on you. Help us, Lord, to do what is your will. Bless us, Lord God, to have ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord, and to maintain what we have been given. Father, I pray and ask for your help, your guidance, not for myself, but for those that 
you know the need of every individual that are listening and those that will hear the message later. Bless them, Lord. Bless them spiritually. Bless them financially. Lord God, bless them. Lord God, you know, Lord, and understand better than I do what is needed, where it is needed at. You know who needs it. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless them. Those that need healing in their body that's sick, Lord God, touch them. Bless them, Lord God, and raise them up according to thy will. Lord, I pray and ask where, that you remember where there's mental, where there is uh, emotional healing that needs to occur. Even financial healing, Lord God, I ask that you would bless your people, Lord. Lord, and most of all, we want to thank you for revealing yourself unto us. We want to thank you, Lord God, for being a present help in the time of need. Lord God, we know we don't understand everything. We don't get it, Lord God, but we know that you do. Lord, and I pray and ask that you would help. Lord God, even those, Lord God, that struggle in the faith, Lord God, help their unbelief. Lord God, I pray and ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless the ministers that are gathered. Lord God, those that are uh, teaching, going forth in their uh, studies this evening. Lord God, preparing to feed your flock. I ask that you remember those that hearts are uh, not righteous. That you stir their minds up, Lord God, that they might repent and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the book of Ezekiel, the fifth, the 45th chapter. You know, and, and we've been, wow. I'm saying wow because God has really blessed us. You know, when we started out, reading the book of Ezekiel, I wonder why. I'm not wondering why read the scripture, but why this particular book that I felt drawn to and to teach from. And I have learned so much about God. I've learned so much regarding his feelings. Sometimes we, we do not Think God has feelings. We dismiss that. Uh, we just think of our own feelings so much. We don't think about how the Lord feels. Well, first of all, you need to understand you have feelings. And since we were made in his image, therefore, he would have feelings. Uh, uh, all souls are mine. And so the soul that is in this body has those attributes that God has given. And so God has feelings. And as we have read through the book of Ezekiel, I felt my heart touched, stirred up. I found myself tearing up. I found myself praying much more. I found myself, uh, what I thought I knew of God, I learned so much more from the book of Ezekiel and about the about God and his feelings and what he thinks. And I'm sure that the surface has not even been scratched, but it was scratched enough to make me cry out to him. It was scratched enough to cause me to re-examine myself. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one. The word of God uh, has 
has really uh, pointed and showed us how God feels regarding uh, regarding sin and righteousness. Uh, he feels the same way today as he did then. Mm -hmm. Many have uh, said that God does not feel anything about what they do, but he does. I say this because uh, people imagine God sharing their own opinion rather than him having his own opinion, his own mind, his own, which is written in the volume of the book. Jesus said, behold, the book is written about me. Malachi 3 and 6 said, for I am the Lord and I change not. So however God felt then regarding righteousness and regarding uh, unrighteousness, he feels the same today. And so in the book of Ezekiel, beginning at the 45th verse, it says, moreover, when I shall divide by lot the land of, for inheritance, ye shall offer an oblation unto the Lord in the holy portion of the land. The length shall be the, the length of five and 20,000 reed, and the breadth shall be 10,000. This shall be holy in, the, in all the borders thereof round about. Of this there shall be for a sanctuary, 500 uh, in length with 500 in breadth square round about with 50 cubits round about for the suburbs thereof. And of this measure, shalt thou measure the length of five and 20,000 and the breadth 10,000 and it shall be the sanctuary and the most holy place. The holy portion of the land shall be for the priests, the ministers of the sanctuary, which shall come near to me unto the Lord. And it shall be a place for their houses and a holy place for the sanctuary. And the five and 20,000 length and 10,000s of breadth shall also the Levites, the ministers of the house, have for themselves for a possession for 20 chambers. And ye shall appoint the portion of the city five thousand and uh, five and twenty thousand long over against the oblation of the holy portion, which shall be for the whole house of Israel. And a portion shall be for the prince on the one side and on the other side, the oblation for the holy portion and of the portion of the city. Therefore, before the oblation of the uh, holy portion in there and before the portion of the city from the west side, uh, westward and from the east side, eastward and from the length shall be over against one of the portions from the west border unto the east border. And the land shall be his possession in Israel and my princes shall no more oppress my people and the rest of the land shall they give to the houses of Israel according to their tribes. Thus said the Lord God, let it suffice you, O princes of Israel, remove violence and spoil and execute judgment and justice. Take away your execution uh, from my people 
thus saith the Lord God. Uh, from a thought, I just want to ask, uh, you were left out for what reason? You know, I, I, it, what is it? Was it really worth it? We need to think about that because God dealt with Israel's sin and uh, restoration is occurring for his namesake. Is it, was it worth it? I, I reached back in time through Googling and I found something. I'm going to play this here. Um, and, okay, so. Listen, like this man on the Klondike Bar commercial, some of us have acted like monkeys. We repeated and did what other people, what we saw other people doing. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to Israel and said, I will give them my statues and show them my judgments, which if a man do them, he shall live in them. If we hear what God is saying and we do them, not hear it, not quote it so that we can beat up our children, so that we can beat up our spouses, so that we can beat up our friends, our neighbors with the, you know. But if we just hear what God is saying and then we apply it to our lives, it'll make a world of difference. The Bible says, if man do them, he shall live in them. So there's something about us living the word of God that places us in the kingdom of God. Because we're in his will and his will abides in his kingdom. Moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctified them. It's that word saint, sanctified, sanctification, where we get saints uh, tribute to uh, many of times. But listen, a sign between me and covenant between us and our God, because we keep the Sabbath, because we worship him, not on just one day of the week, but in the keeping of his statues, it is 24-7. He said, but the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statues. And they despised my judgment, as so many do today. Don't tell me what the word of God says. Don't judge me. And so many other uh, ways they say it, leave me alone. But God said, and I'm talking about those that claim themselves to be children of God. 
They walk not in my statues, and they despise my judgment, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And my Sabbath they greatly polluted. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. But I brought for my for I wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the heathen. God takes no pleasure in the destruction of a person. He takes no pleasure in a soul being lost. And so he says that uh, for my name's sake, not because we so good, we look so fine, we smell so good, you know, none of those things. Not because our gestures have been so uh, hilarious, you know, entertaining or anything of that nature. But for his name's sake, not because we have a great background, maybe we came from a family that, you know, that, that you considered better than the family down the street. That was your thoughts. But he said, for my name's sake, that it should not be polluted. I'm not going to uh, wipe you out, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. And God has given each of us an opportunity. Yes, you need to remember when goodness passed by and tapped you on the shoulder. Thank you. you need to remember when goodness got your attention. You need to remember when you went to sleep at night and goodness kissed you good night and here you are today. You need to remember goodness has led all of us to repentance. Thank you. And there are still some more folks that goodness has reached out to and they're going to be drawn in because of his love. They're going to be drawn in some because of love some is going to be drawn in because they realize that hell is real and it is enlarging itself for the for those that are going to be there Jesus. and they don't want to go and so they're going to change their ways and be drawn in uh because of the fire and then they're going to fall in love with him they're going to be singing uh in their own voice in their own tune in their own way appreciating god and, and so uh the bible lets us know that God, uh, for his name's sake, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 20 and 44, and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have wrought with, for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, because all of us had some wicked ways. All of us did some things, even after you came to know the Lord that there were some things that you may have done and there may have been some things that you just did not do. So there was a sin of commission and there is the sin of omission. And so there are some things that we sometimes don't think about that is offensive to God. And we may embrace that and hold on to it for a number of years and make all kind of excuses why we're not doing or what we are doing. And, and so he said that you shall know that I am the Lord, for I have wrought you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings. O house of Israel, saith the Lord God. It's important to note forgiveness. Doesn't mean that there are no consequences. God said that I'll, I'll forgive you, Israel. I'll forgive you, church. 
I forgive you, individual, but know that it will not come without some form of consequences. Make no mistake about it. Galatians 6, 7, 8 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man doeth, that shall he also reap. I'm not talking about karma. Karma means that you are experiencing something in this life because of something you did in a previous life. That's what karma is. The Bible don't teach karma. Uh, karma, no, you're not going to die, you're not going to come back, and you're not going to purgatory to wait it out either. As a tree falls, that's how it lays. So if you die in sin, you're going to remain as a sinner. But if you die in righteousness, then you're going to be righteous in that state. You want to be holy. Because holy it encompasses the righteousness. And the Bible said that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So if you're not holy, you're not going to see him. You're not going to stand in his presence. If you follow along with us in Revelation, you'll find out that if you're a liar, you don't stand a chance. So the word of God tells us that uh, um, don't be mocked. For God... For whatsoever a man soweth, don't God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. What would you do? What are you doing? Is it worth it? I think living and sowing in righteousness is worth it. So that I can have a uh, Life everlasting. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I'm not looking for life everlasting to, uh, to uh, on this place in, in this time zone. You know, people chase after. You see movies, people chasing after the, what is it, the fountain of life and all that kind of old, old crazy stuff. The word of God is the fountain of life. Thank you. You're not going to live unless you obey what he says. And that's what the word of God explainly has expressed to each one of our ears. Moreover, the first verse that we read, when ye shall divide it by lot, the land for inheritance, ye shall offer an oblation unto the Lord, an offering, a portion of the land, the, the length of it. And he goes on to give a description of those of those plots of land. He said some of it is going to be for the sanctuary. And some of it is going to be for the priests. Well, moreover, matter of fact, in addition to what has already been said by God to Ezekiel, we need to pay attention to those things. The Bible tells us in the 44th verse of, excuse me, 44th chapter, about the 12th verse, it says, because they ministered unto them. This is the, the priest. Remember, he said the priests are going to have a portion. He's going to break them off. Some. Uh, because they ministered before the idols. And cause the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. So there's good, there's ministers that did some things that they should not have been doing. Uh, I wonder if you asked them today, was it worth it? Uh, look how they were left out. Left out for what? 
You need to ask yourself when you get involved in something, for what? For what? Is it worth it? I don't care how good it might smell, how you might be reminiscing on how it might feel, uh, but it's only going to last for a moment. And then you have to deal with the repercussions of your behavior. So there was ministers that uh, ministered before idols mm -hmm, and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore have I lifted up my hand against them. For the Lord God uh, shall bear, they shall bear their iniquity and they shall not come near unto me. For what? You have miscalculated. Well, I could get away. So and so got away with it. Mm -hmm. You've miscalculated. Thought that you could. Uh, your logic was flawed. Thought you could outwit God. He said that they would not come near unto him. What a position to be in. Not being able to come near God. I cannot and don't want to even uh, imagine myself in that situation except to keep myself away from that. To make sure that I govern myself just as you has to make, have to make sure that you govern yourself. Paul said after I preach to others, I don't want to be a castaway. After Carl, Pastor Carl has preached to others, I certainly don't want to be a castaway. So I have to govern myself and not be as those ministers. And you have to govern yourself and not be as those servants that cause others to fall into sin. He said, they shall not come near unto me to do the office of the priest. Everyone can't carry out the office after they said. That's why you have to abstain from those things that would separate you from God. Nor would they come near to any of my holy things. You better listen to that. What holy things? Anything that God considers to be holy. Standing behind the podium. My favorite place is standing on the street, talking to people. Whatever place God considers to be holy, you won't be able to come near it if you are following the pattern of those servants that fell into sin. For what? Is it worth it? They thought it was. Only to find out later. At that moment, it all seemed well. But they found out later that they could not even though God said, for my name's sake, I'm not going to destroy, but you're not going to come near me. And you're not going to come near my holy things. But they shall bear their shame and their abomination which they have committed. But I will make them keepers of the charge of the house for all the service thereof and for all that they shall uh, be done therein. But the priests the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. You better listen. Because 
those Levites said, leave for what? Is it worth that? That is not worth it. And so they maintained their respect and honor unto sovereign God. And they kept the charge of the sanctuary when the children of Israel did not. He said, they shall come near to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, said the Lord God. They'll be able to stand and sing a praise. They'll be able to lead. They'll be able to teach others. They'll be an example. They will reap the benefits of life because death does not abode in the presence of God. And so they'll be alive. Uh, they shall enter into my sanctuary and they shall come near to my table. Uh-huh. You'll be able to be at the table where others would not. And they'll be able to minister unto me. And they, uh, they shall keep my charge. Look at the God's bragging on them. They're going to keep my charge. Can God say that about you right now? That you'll keep his charge? Maybe you're thinking about some things that you want to do that's personal. Gratifying the flesh. Got all kinds of excuses for doing that. So you're not giving God a reason to say they're going to keep my charge. But you, you're found wavering and wanting. Well, you need to take a good look at those that did not. Those that decided that they wanted to go and go astray like the children of Israel did and followed their pattern. You won't be able to enter into the sanctuary. For what? Was it worth it? My God. They won't be able, you won't be able to minister. A lot of people are, are fooled. And this is scary. And here's something that's super scary. Saul had dishonored God. And he dishonored God in such a way that he was rejected. And he did not even realize the depth of the rejection that had occurred. God was already raising up a replacement for him. You need to understand that when we act outside the will of God, when we don't weigh it out, when we get caught all up into our feelings, when we get caught up into those things that are out, you don't know if you're going to make it back. Well, God is so merciful and so understanding and uh, so forgiving. Yes, he is. But go ask Saul about that. Because the kingdom was taken from him and given to someone else. The ministers that would have and had the opportunity to stand in the presence of God surrendered it and gave it away. Therefore, they shall not stand, but they are those that will. The 23rd verse says, and they shall teach my people the difference between holy and profane. And cause them to discern between unclean and clean. 
Not your opinion, but God's opinion. That's why it's important for the minister to ask God, uh, what is it that you want me to teach? What is it that you want me to feed your people? Not only uh, do I need to know and understand what needs to be fed to your flock, but I also need to govern myself accordingly. I need to make sure. I need to walk. With, uh, the Bible tells us and gives us a great example in the what they call the or consider the hall of, of faith. Not the hall of fame, but that of faith. The Bible said uh, uh, it lets us know that these men held on to God. In such a way, it said, for by faith, this is the 11th chapter of, of, of Hebrews, for by faith, when he was come to years, in other words, he began to make decisions and had a better understanding and, and was at the crossroads in his life, that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And so by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing he who was or is invisible. How about you? We used to sing a song that I'm living for the promise for what God has promised me. Now, many times we take those promises and we think of them as being something tangible. And God does have some tangible things for you because as we just read in the scripture uh, that he said the priests, the ministers would have homes uh, because they, and they not only that, but they shall enter into the sanctuary. And so they have portions. The holy portion of the land shall be for the priests, the ministers of the sanctuary, which shall come near to minister unto the Lord and it shall be a place for their houses. God has provision set aside and it's holy. It is a holy provision. A provision is an amount or thing supplied of, uh, supplied of provide. This is specifically for the priests that maintained their commitment to sovereign God. They had a holy portion. The permission to come near unto God. A place of habitation outside and within the sanctuary. The natural and spiritual lifestyle of God's people has always been his concern and his will. I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. But when complacency replaces compliance, life becomes a struggle. Something is going to win. The Bible said evil communication corrupts good manners. You listen to the wrong thing too long. You watch the wrong thing on TV. I was watching, I, I, I turned on a movie the other day. I paid $2.99 on cable and I was waiting to watch and be wild and enjoy this old this space movie. And the movie wind up being about teenagers being raised in a capsule, being bred and stuff. And it was, it was really just getting ready to turn into a sex theft. And so I had to just turn it off. They messed up my moment. I needed to find some Star Trek to erase what I had been exposed to. You don't want to just sit and allow seeds to be planted into your spirit. Because those seeds are going to try to 
uh, eventually going to start being watered and it's going to bring forth what is not good for you. You want to have good fruit, something that God can walk by and, and pluck the right off of you. You need to have something that is nurtured in your spirit that God is going to look at and say, that's well done. Good and faithful servant. Compliance is the act of doing or carrying out a wish or command. We need to carry out the will of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I know you didn't think it was God that was going to be here doing his will. No, he's going to do that through you. As long as you comply with what he's telling you, as long as you listen. First Samuel 15 to 22 and 24 says. And Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of lambs. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as the as iniquity and adultery. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he have also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy word, because I feared the people. Don't use people as an excuse for sin. Uh -huh. Nobody can make you do nothing. If anyone force you to do something, whether they force you to sin, it's similar. It's just like if someone forced themselves up on you and violate you physically. We all know what that is. And it's a it's such a hideous crime that when someone's convicted of it, they pretty much get a long, very long sentence because of it. And so no one can make you do anything. The Bible said when a man a man male, female, is drawn away by their own lust. That means that there is lust in your heart. That means there's something within you that's, that you have a, a hunger and a thirst for that thing. And after it is conceived, it brings forth death. Saul said unto Samuel, the minister, Samuel, that he had sinned and he transgressed the commandment of, so he knew what he had done and then he tried to make an excuse. I feared the people. Why in the world? For what? Is it worth it? To be so afraid of somebody that you go against God? That excuse didn't fly. Because he lost the kingdom. The priests surrendered their obligation unto God. And the Levites that are gone away from me when Israel went astray, which went uh, left went after idols, to, they're going to bear their iniquity. The Lord goes on to speak to Ezekiel regarding the portions, the cities, the possession, and all of those things that he has stored up. It's important for each of us to remember. It's important for each of us to recognize no matter what. We're to live unto the Lord and we're to live for each moment 
that we might stand in his presence. The Lord told his disciples, he said, pray that you be found worthy. It's not enough for us to pray without actions. It's not enough for us to confess the Lord or confess being a child of God. And we live like hell. We live as if we belong to Lucifer. We live as if we were spawns of Satan. But yet we say that we're a child of God and God will forgive me. You need to read your Bible and you need to pay attention to what your pastor is telling you regarding sin. I pray and I hope that they're telling you not to sin. And that they themselves, as we have read in the scriptures, they sinned. And so they did not have a place with God. What a sad thing that the minister that you depend upon to be a mediator between you and God has sinned and now they can't go in his presence, my God. They can't go in his presence. Bless your name, Jesus. They can't get in his presence on your behalf because they sinned. You need to pray for the ministers. That's why it's important the ministers that don't get caught up in starting. But you want a, a, a soul saving station. You want a place where you're going to seek God because the, the truth is being given out. A place that will lead you into the presence of God. A place that's going to nurture your soul. Some place that uh, when you are, uh, that God can, uh, can fill you with the Holy Ghost. The seal of redemption. A place that's not afraid to say, yes, that is the will of God. And to tell you, no, that is not stopping. A place that will tell your children when they're wrong. Some of us protect our children so much that they do wrong and we don't correct them. We try to reason with them. Don't bring them to church. Children don't have to go to church. They they, they, they go make their own decision. They're going to go to hell. Oh, but not my baby. You're you going to go to hell with them for not obeying the word of God. Train up, in a, train up a child in the way they should go. Uh, that is God said that I didn't God said that he said obey his word and I'm paraphrasing Deuteronomy but that we're supposed to be teaching our children instead of sitting around uh, we're sitting around on the cell phone and talking to other folks and we haven't said nothing to our children about God have don't ain't even praying with them got them sitting around occupied watching uh, playing with a phones and other instruments devices we're accountable as ministers in our homes. We're accountable as parents. We're accountable for those things that are unto the Lord when we say that we believe, when we say that there is no plan B, but only a plan A, and that plan A is God's plan. Listen, I pray and, and hope that something has been said, and I know this is very sobering, but the word of God sobers us up. That's how we're able to rejoice and magnify God and run because we know that we've heard the truth and then we've lived it. And there's a reason to rejoice because there's a release. I'm prophesying right now. There's a release that's on the way. Thank you, Jesus. There's a release that's on the way. There's a release 
that is on the way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a release. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank Bless you, Lord. But like God worked with Israel, that, that in order for that release to occur, you have to, he has to position, get you in the right frame of mind, get you in the, so that you are receptive. Because it don't make sense to get that release, feel that for the moment, and walk right out and pick it all back up that you left behind. God's sending a release. He's sending something that's on the way, and it's not far behind us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord said, I'll overtake you. Thank you, Lord. He said his blessing will overtake you. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God. Bless your name, Jesus. You want to be overtaken? Walk in the will of God. You want to be overtaken? Abide in his way, in his word. Because those ministers that kept his word, that, 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 that did not go astray, didn't know the blessing that they were about to receive. But I'm telling you, there's a blessing on the way. Thank you, Lord, for keeping the word of God, for saying no, for standing strong, for holding on to the faith, for, 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 for uh, being steadfast and unmovable. There's a blessing. There's a blessing waiting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a blessing waiting. Church, listen to what I'm saying. There's a blessing that is waiting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you Lord God. Thank you. Bless your name, Jesus. For obedience, hallelujah, sacrifice. Now, I'm not talking about offerings. God sees all that. I'm talking about you sacrifice, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, hallelujah. which is our reasonable service. Honoring him with your mind. With, with our, we, we all pretty messed up in our emotions. We all pretty messed up mentally, you know, and, uh, and, and so we all deal with some things. But yet at the same time, we have enough tenacity to keep God sovereign. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have enough sense not to surrender our will to anyone but God. There's a blessing on the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. I don't want to stop right there, but, but I feel the time is up and, you know, and, and certainly we want to hold on to the word of God. Hold on to what you have, have, have heard this evening and continue to honor God for who he is. God in your life. God in your life. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. I'm looking to see you soon, to see you here, or to see you caught up there. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Remember, the, the songs are and featured are respectively that of the songstress and, you know, and the artists and their producers, respectively. Share the word with someone else. Uh, let them know Revelation is being, is being unfolded. It's being dynamically taught in such a way that you can understand what is being said. Until then, be blessed. God bless you. Pray for me as I am praying for you. Didn't find nobody 
I'm the high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great, nobody great alone, nobody great alone. 